0: In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. New ideas require many reiterations and restatements before they become part of the generally accepted currency of thought. The idea that I've been trying to get over since I started back in 1938 is still new. It comes as a shock to anyone who hears it. And even after you've heard it for years and years, and think you're living by it, I've discovered that one is not really living by it. It has not yet become a part of their theme. And there is... That imagining creates reality. I say this because I identify imagining with God in action. To me man is all imagination. And God is man. And exists in us and we in him. The eternal body of man is the imagination. And that is God himself. If by God I mean the creator of the universe, the maker and the master of the whole vast universe, and I identify that creator with the human imagination, then man should be more careful as to what he is imagining. So I can give lip service to the statement, imagining creates reality. And yet if I am observant in the course of a day, If I observe what I'm imagining, I would find unnumbered moments in my life, in one 24 hours or other, the waking 18, where I am imagining things I do not wish to experience. If I really believe that imagining creates reality, I would be more careful, more concerned about what I'm imagining. So I will give it lip service and say imagining creates reality and go blindly on imagining anything other than what I want to create. Beginning with the morning paper and reacting to things that you do not know rather than be true. They could be planted by some press agent, planted by some lobbyist. You do not know. And here we react as we read and then we go through the life in just 24 hours i find that most of the 24 hours we spend imagining what we do not wish to experience. If man would only look upon the world as a world of a pimp, Behind which the reality of imagining lay. He would find the truth. He would find God. As is totally told in the 17th chapter of the book of Acts. Now, it's a story. Whether it was historically true or not, it doesn't really matter. It's trying to push a point to the fore. It is said that the men of Athens spent all day in the marketplace looking for a new idea. Either telling one or hearing one. Then came upon the scene one called Paul. And they wondered, what has this babbler to say? What is his new idea? And he told them the idea of Jesus and the resurrection. And we are told the Epicureans and the Stoic philosophers mocked him and scoffed at him. Others say, we will hear more about this later. And he said to them, and this is all ironical, if you read it carefully. He said, "O men of Athens, I see in every way you are very religious. For as I pass by, I observe the objects of your worship." Now, well, right away, that's irony—the objects of their worship. Then he said, "I notice this inscription over an altar to an unknown god." What you therefore worship, unknown, I declare to you. Then he tells them of the only God, the God that created everything, and he is not a God afar off. He is indwelling, he is within every single being in the world, the God of the universe. Not made with hands, you wouldn't find him in a temple. In a church. In a cathedral. Or the little objects of your worship. Which you make of man. With your own hands. And then worship him. And call him Apollo. But here the God that I speak of. Is within everyone. That's the God. Of whom I speak. That's the God that raises. From the dead. Well they laughed And they mocked him. Then we are told. He went on. From Athens. To Corinth. What he performed there, no one knows. whether Athens ever took him up. Because they were the wise men. They were called the very learned men of the day. We have them today too. they scoff at anything that is not part of their great voluminous works. But I am telling you, if, as Paul said to the Athenians. If you would only feel after him. You would find him. If you would feel after him. You would find him. Find what? Find the God of the universe. For he gave us not the spirit of the world. But the spirit of himself. That spirit of himself in man. Is man's own wonderful human imagination. When you say I am. That's God. The one and only God. And there is no other God. Therefore, he is in every man, every woman, every child born of woman. It is the God in that being that allows that being to breathe, to live, to experience what we call life in this world. That is the immortal you. So the eternal body of man is the imagination. And that is God himself. The one we speak of in the New Testament As Jesus. That is God. But where is it? Something on the outside? No. He is in you. When you say, I am, that's Jesus. Now, the world is taught differently. Therefore, it comes as a shock when they hear it. They don't want to hear it. They will listen if they could simply improve their life in this world, get more money, do things that they want to do, and still hold on to this little object on the outside. So he spoke, I observe the objects of your worship. So man does that with what they call Jesus. They take their human hands, they make a mold of something. They call it Jesus, put it on a piece of wood, or put it on some, something else, stick it on the wall, and then cross themselves for good luck. There is the object of their worship, something they made themselves. The maker is greater than the thing made. No matter how wonderful it's made, certainly the artist is greater than his work. And so we make all these things and put it on the outside and then bow before it and worship. I tell you, your own wonderful human imagination is God. That's God. Now, if I would only observe this and keep it in mind, I should be able to put Paul to the test. He said, feel after him. And you'll find them. Blake said. Imagination is spiritual sensation. Spiritual sensation. But how would I feel after him and fight him? Well first of all he does all things. Good, bad or indifferent. And he waits on me. Just as indifferently And as swiftly. When the will in me is evil. As when it is good. Because he is a creative power. He kills, he makes alive, he wounds, he heals. All things are done by the one creative power. There isn't another God who is evil and one that is good. One that is altogether loving and one that is altogether hating. No, only one power. And that power is the human imagination. So, how will I then feel after him? What would the feeling be like. If it were true. What true? That I am the man. That I would like to be. What would the feeling be like. Test it. For all things are made by him. And without him was not anything made. That was made. Well now if I dare to assume. That I am now the man that I want to be. And I persist in that assumption. Watching my mind. Morning, noon and night. So anything that I find myself dwelling upon. That is in conflict with that assumption. I ignore it. I put it aside. I will be faithful to this divine vision. The vision of myself. So anytime I catch myself. Daring to feel. Less than the thing that I am feeling. or trying to externalize in my world. I simply stop it. And go back to that assumption. That I am the man that I want to be. If I persist in it. And it becomes a fact. When I have found him. I don't observe imagining. As I do objects in space. I am the reality. That is called imagining. So you don't see God. Because God is spirit. But you see the result of his activity in you. He is active in you. As you imagine. You are completely free to imagine. Good, bad or indifferent. So you simply. Select what you want to imagine. Would you like to be, you name it. Well, you said, but I don't have the background for it. I do not have any of the qualifications for it. It doesn't really matter. If imagining creates reality, you do not need the qualifications that the world thinks you need. All you need to do is simply to boldly assume that you are the man, the woman that you would like to be. And if it proves itself in performance, then you'll find them. So Paul said to the Athenians, feel after him and you'll find him. Well, I have seen it numberless times in my 34 years of teaching. I started back in February of 1938. And here I am, this is February of 1972, and I'm yet to see it fail if we, the offering power, apply it. It doesn't apply itself. We are the offering power. For in man. is God. And God is man's own wonderful human imagination. So if I dare to assume that I am. The one that I would like to be. Well that's God who is doing it. So how will I turn then to God. Tonight. Say. A half dozen people asked of me tonight. It takes no time. They voice their request. It's a statement made in the book of John. The epistle of John. If we know. That he hears us. In whatever we ask of him. We know. That we have already obtained. The request made. Of him. Well. When they are talking to me. They say. I would like so and so. Instantly it comes within the frame. Of my golden rule is something I would like myself. If I were in their present state of consciousness, I would like that. It doesn't violate my rule. It doesn't injure someone. It doesn't take from anyone. Well now, did I hear it? I heard it. Well if I and my father are one, well then my father heard it. I do not know the means that will be employed to bring it to pass, but well, I can't deny that I heard it. If I heard it, and I and my father are one, well, can I not now say to my inner being, thank you, Father? You heard it, because I heard it. Well, if we know that he hears all that we ask of him, then we know we have already obtained the request made of him. So as they say to me, I will like so and so for that. I heard it. I do not know as a man called Neville how it's going to happen. I do not know. I'm not going to suggest what they do, or what they should do. I only know that I heard it, and if I heard it, my father heard it, because he and I are one. He is my own wonderful human imagination. So I could actually say within myself, as though we were two, thank you, you heard it, if I heard it, and then allow the depth of my own being to devise the means necessary to bring it to pass. And then I am not responsible from that moment on. I do not call them up and say, did it happen? I do not get in touch with them and write them and say, tell me, what, how are things coming? I, it's not my concern. I did what was asked of me. And all that was asked of me was to hear, use my imagination lovingly on their behalf. Well, I did it. In the trinket of an eye. You don't have to go into some sweat to do it. I don't have to go to some church and do it. Go to some synagogue and do it. Or some so-called holy place. Wherever I stand should be holy. Because the Father is within me. And where can you go to a more holy place than where God is? If I know God is my own wonderful human imagination. Then where can I go? That could be more holy than wherever I am. No matter where it is. So the request is made. I heard it. And then having heard it. I give thanks to the being within me, who has the means, the wisdom, and the power to externalize it. Knowing that the entire outside world, that all objective reality, is solely produced through imagining. What is now proven in the world was once only imagined.